Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Listen! Hello and welcome to NBC, IGN's Nintendo podcast. I'm your host, Casey DeFritis. I'm finally back. Hello. Yay. Welcome back. Hi. Yeah. Good to have Marks. you. Hey, you've heard too much of me. Eric Snyder. Hey. And Brian Altano. Hello. We never hear too much of you, Tom. <laughs> but uh, I was gone to Nintendo Live in Kyoto, Japan during the typhoon. It was fine. Kyoto was totally okay. It wasn't fine everywhere else, but Kyoto was not bad. We were worried about you, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually had a lot of people ask me, like, hey, you're in Japan. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luckily, I was in the southern part, southern-ish compared to Tokyo. And it was okay. But uh, Nintendo Live was really cool, guys. And I think we should all make a trip next year together to go to Nintendo Live. I agree, Live. right, Pear? What do you think, Pear? for that, right? Oh, you man, stop that buying sounds Nintendo Switches? We can do great. a Nintendo Live, like, full week of coverage. Yeah, so well, real quick, t- like tell me what this event was because mm-hmm. at first I thought you were just going to a Smash Bros tournament, and then you it's were telling concert. me you like saw KK Slider live, and then it just escalated and escalated. <laughs> Who's not real? So right, um, we that's hmm. not proven. We don't know that, and you can't say that, <laughs> and that's that's sad and disingenuous to put that kind of information out there. But it was like a bigger festival than just that. He's yes. Real. So there were two, there were three different big. Think of like a. A convention and think of your not biggest show floor rooms, the kind of the smaller ones. And there were three of those. And one of them had a Splatoon um, competition set up and a stage for Mario Maker. And they actually had two content creators come on who are comedians who play Mario Maker oh. and had them go on. Yeah, that sounds they, awesome. They're huge on YouTube. Yes. And they had a bunch of photo opportunities, like a bunch of like walls with Splatoon stuff. And mm-hmm. I saw so many kids go up and like do the Splatoon like poses. It was really cute. Um, and then they had, it was very wholesome. And then they had another room with all of the demos of games that haven't come out yet, like Ring Fit Adventure and Animal Crossing and Brain Age, Luigi's Mansion. And then they had a Pokemon section where they had really nice displays of all of the Pokemon games through the ages with like mm-hmm. a little trailer playing of each of them with the wow. game boxes and the game cartridges and another photo opportunity. They had people in costumes of Animal Crossing, Pokemon, just and Smash, like Yoshi and stuff like that, just pop up randomly. Are you, are you sure those were costumes? I think <laughs> they might have been real. Okay, so I met just... Score Bunny for reals, and he was very hot to the touch, so he was definitely a fire bunny. <laughs> but you know how to defeat him, so no problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just you know, spill my water on him and yeah. be fine. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> you know? But um, 
we got to do, so I was mainly there. I was able to interview the pro Smash players were there. And the way that this was, this was the, um, it was like a world championships that Nintendo put on themselves. So they made a team called the Dream Team. So they invited people, um, they invited Mr. R and Kaleo and Nairo um, to make the Dream Team because these are some of the top Smash players. And MKLeo is actually known to be the best Smash player in the world right now. So I got to talk to them about their controller layouts and their favorite characters and their best and their favorite and least favorite um, patch changes so far. And they actually ended up winning Mm. the tournament. So that was really cool. But look out for more articles about that on the site coming out this week. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear about the favorite characters thing. And despite the bad weather, did you see anything of Kyoto? One of the most beautiful yeah. cities so in the world. Unfortunately, the only day we had free in Kyoto was very rainy. Okay. Um, we did go to one of the shrines. I've been to Kyoto before yep. a couple of times, and I visited the Fushimi Inari shrine. Like I think mm-hmm. I talked to you about that. Is that I the one in the Gion Quarter? Um, Fushimi Inari is... Oh, that's the one with the gates. The big one with the gates yeah. that inspired Star Fox. It has all these little Tori Shinto uh, gates, mm-hmm. these red gates, like just... All the way up a mountain. Yeah, it's pretty it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah, um, that's such and if a you, great city. If you go through enough of them, Falco helps you through yeah. the waterfall yeah. for an yeah. alternate box. And a little, little yellow <laughs> rain comes, goes... Yeah. Right. I also went to the Kyoto Pokemon Center and was there way too long. I was there so long that wow. Josh Du, who um, went with me, just was gone. Just <laughs> He's like, I'm leaving. He's, like, I'm He's on an airplane. That's cool. <laughs> but um, no, it was really interesting. And I wanted to show you guys a little bit of the Splatoon concert, which they did, which I think was probably one of the coolest things that I saw there. <laughs> And it sounds weird, right? Splatoon concert. It was a live concert of the Squid Sisters and Off the Hook with a live band. And K.K. Slider opened for them. Nice. Did you Here. take this video? I did not take this video. This we were not allowed to take video. Aww. This is the official video that Nintendo put together and produced. Oh, all right. Yeah. So let's, let's see. All right. <laughs> I love that voice right out the gate. <laughs> for those of you just listening, there is a giant holographic K.K. Slider on stage. And a bunch of people in the audience with Splatoon-colored, like, um, noisemakers. I have goosebumps right now. I would have lost it hearing this, yeah. this dog play live. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, he, so he played the, a little bit of the Splatoon um, theme, and he also played the New Horizons theme. <laughs> I That's love so the good. mini guitar and everyone, that yeah. And everyone's clapping. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> And let me skip ahead to when the, the um... wait, 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 give me a moment. Oh, I love it so much. Did he do KK Cruising? These were the only two he did, unfortunately. <laughs> this was a, a Splatoon concert. Brian asking the real questions, mm-hmm. though. He should have done KK Cruising and brought out Dre and Snoop. <laughs> <laughs> this is so awesome. I love how it's completely quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. It's a, it's a ballad. I don't think you could ever get an audience to be this into something like this in the states i just want to take this time travel back to the 50s and show it to people and see what they say <laughs> yeah right it's like what is this <laughs> what scares that's me awesome. what scares me is that kk slider was clearly like eight feet tall yeah that's that's so unsettling i think There's they're a... all really big <laughs> that's the secret yeah, of animal animals. crossing yeah. Yeah. i guess There's we don't a... have a scale we don't know let's it's like get a weird thing that happens when kk slider holds out one note because it reaches a point of uncomfortable, uncomfortable. Like it's just like, ah. Dude, this concert was this so loud. Rain. This concert was incredibly loud, honestly. Really? Yeah, it was. It, it was uncomfortably loud. 
It, the KK stuff seems pretty chill. Yeah, but then oh. you get, um, here, let's see, if, is it actually starting? Here, let's see. Are, are those people in costumes? No, that's no. a hologram. Yeah. But they have a real band playing in the background, and it gets, like, really heavy at some points. But everyone in the crowd knew when there are dance movements to some of these songs, they knew the dance movements. That's Everyone in the crowd, whether they were a woman or man, a child, anything. I I hope they also know the lyrics. Uh, I mean, there was there the were best. some songs that were had audience interaction, and everyone interacted with it. Wow, that's so <laughs> cool. Casey, this is utterly insane. But, yeah, no, I it love was it. super yeah. crazy. I genuinely love it. We need this here. Uh, I do. <laughs> so, yeah. I do have some issues with with KK having to open up for somebody else. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's nonsense. He is he's earned his pedigree as a headliner. He's a main actor. He's been in the game for twenty years plus. This is this is ridiculous. I don't know. Dude does like one show a week. Yeah. Uh, yeah on Saturdays. That's important though. They're working. They're out there every day that's on the radio. Does? Yeah. It doesn't matter. By the way, did you uh, did you have any time to play any of the unreleased stuff? Did you uh, so do your kanji challenge in funny, Brain Age? Funny story um, that I didn't know because I don't speak Japanese. Um, oh, I need to pause this so you don't hear the wonderful Splatoon music anymore. Anyway, <laughs> um, so we didn't know that you had to sign up for a slot to play the game. Casey. We, it's it's a different story pair for a different time. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> No, anyway, they we were told after we got in line that we needed to sign up for a time to get in line the day before, but because all of the instructions were in Japanese everywhere and there was mm -hmm. no English instructions provided to us, we had no idea that that was the case. All right. Um, but we did get to go through the Animal Crossing experience after hours, and while there we saw um, uh, Sakurai playing Ring Fit Adventure. So everything's fine. Oh, it was worth it. Yeah, there's no, nice. there's really no problem that I have. Is that the secret to his everlasting youth? Could you see him get younger while playing? Yes. It's, it's incredible how young he looked. Fun fact, Ring Fit Adventure has actually been available only to Sakurai yeah. for the last 15 <laughs> yes, years. That's it. And then they exactly. finally released it to the yeah. public, yeah. Wow. Only man to develop the aging technology in real life. Mm -hmm. tell, me, tell me about experiencing the Animal Crossing world thing in it after hours. So I had to have someone translate the experience to me because, again, everything was in Japanese. I think it's animalese, actually. Animalese. Okay, everything was in animalese, so I had an animalese translator who was very kind <laughs> to do that for me while um, Tom Nook was trying to speak to me. I mean, it felt very rude not being able to understand this very nice raccoon who's trying to steal money from yep, me. Yep, yep, yep. But, you know, I made it work. And it basically, it's a pres you know those timeshare presentations you go to? Uh -huh. And they yeah. try to really sell you on something that's really not good for you, but that's by the end look. of it, you really want to do it. Yeah. Because yeah. they give you these things and tell you these promises. And that's, then all your bells are gone in like yeah, two months. Yeah. You exactly. get like an Olive Garden gift card or yeah, something. That's, that was the experience. And at the end of the experience, I not only got to pose with a photo with Tom Nook, so obviously it's worth it. I'm going to the deserted island. I don't have a choice. Yep. But he also gave me um, something that I want to give to one of you guys. And I oh. was having a really hard time choosing who to give this to, so you guys are going to have to fight about it. Well, it, um, has, a, it has a bear on it. No, yeah. A it sad has a bear. bear on it. So it's <laughs> so got to be Tom. So I wanted to give this to Tom, not only because <laughs> his name is Tom, but because his mom is knitting him a Tom Nook sweater. She exactly. Is. She actually is doing that. That's amazing. She sent me in-progress pictures already. Oh, my God. But I also heard Brian is Tom Nook's biggest fan. So. I do yes. love Tom Nook. What is it? 
So is, is it a towel? So it's a towel, but you you put your <laughs> chopsticks in it. <laughs> what? Now I'm more confused. See? Wait. So it's a towel with Tom Nook face Tom Nook's face on it. And it's um it's and something that you get a lot of a souvenir yeah. in Japan. Like if if people I went to a couple of places where um my hosts gave me something to take home and there were always these. And you wrap it in it. That, yeah, that's and it. you and you wrap oh um like dining wear in it. It's oh, awesome. so sweet. Yeah. So it's um Here's the Tom Nook towel. That is so Fight Tom. over this later. I like I'm it a lot. sorry of my indecisiveness. No. There's also a nice bag with his face on that it. That is a great bag. I feel like the loser of the fight gets the bag. Yeah, that's the consolation prize. Yeah. Okay. And Tim, Timmy and, and Tommy. You guys can his, rip it. His but nephew kids are there. I did get something for everyone. His indentured servants that work at his stores after hours. Whoa. But children. before I give it's you. It's true. Look into it. Before I give you the new presents. That was like targeted at Before like the I Animal give you Crossing the new presents, um, I finally finished unpacking from Gamescom. <laughs> <laughs> so these are German things. So I found, I forgot I had brought all of these stickers back from Gamescom. So wow. here's some stickers. Oh, well, that's awesome. They're Super Mario stickers and Mario Kart stickers. All right. Oh, somewhere. That's great. Thank there you. you. I want to see these. Oh, these are very cute. I didn't know we were going to get gifts on this show. I'm not going to ask why you hadn't unpacked from Gamescom yet. I'm yeah, not, don't. I'm not going to judge you. Travel. I think I, that's, that is bold, and I'm... I'm <laughs> Traveling Casey. Honestly, like, respect. That is, that's kind of amazing. You know, my fiance was like, Casey, you should start unpacking one of your three suitcases. <laughs> and so I, that's what I did this weekend. Um, but I got, I got more stickers. I'm Ooh. sorry. This is just the best. I thought awesome. they were really cute. Yeah, okay. um, so these are meant to be luggage Stickers. Oh, nice. Oh, that's great. Um, but I, I got that. Um, four, so we'll give one to Zach later. But Perfect. For he doesn't deserve guys. them. Here, folks, if you want to see them. Oh, I love them. Are these you. from... Uh, oh, these are great. It's these are baggage exclusive from Nintendo Live. You could only get them Ooh. at Nintendo Live. Oh, my God. I, I love these. Established oh, 1986. That big, You're the best, Casey. This big yeah, Mario this is sticker is, is phenomenal. Thank you, Casey. Yeah, the of course. one is great, too. Yeah, these really are great. Nice. Welcome back. It's good Thanks. to see you. Thank you. I know. I'm glad to be here. When um, do you think you'll unpack from this trip? I, I already finished unpacking. I unpacked okay. everything. Yeah. I did all of my laundry. I put all of my clothes away. It's done. Amazing. It only took me a month. Amazing. But I did it. <laughs> so I guess I have a question. Would you guys like an event like this to come to America? And do you yes. think it would be as successful? No, absolutely. I want to meet, meet Tom Nook and K.K. Slider. I want to meet that. I don't, those animals. I don't. I don't. Want it. I don't think it's quite the same here. Um, I don't know. I mean, like obviously, things like Disney on Ice exist yes. in the U.S. and like parents take their kids to them. So there might be there might be a way to make something like this big. But when I lived in Japan, they had all sorts of stage events and and concerts. Like there was a Star Wars live event I went to with like dancers and staged battles, and they brought this giant blow up Millennium Falcon out on stage in the finale. Like. They have crazy stuff. Yeah. Actually, it was the George Lucas experience or something. It had everything. <laughs> it, had, it had like Tucker and Indiana Jones in it. There were um there were so many Splatoon fans at Nintendo Live. Like a very yeah. very that most, game is, most people had some some Splatoon identifying item on their person. That game does not have that same level of fandom outside of Japan, mm-hmm. but it would still be cool. I wish it did cuz Honestly, it's so cool. No matter whether you like the game or not, the Nintendo did a wonderful job in designing and coming up with the look and feel of a brand new pro- property like that. Mm-hmm. Like that game's style is fantastic, yeah, it's really unique, and, and that yeah. and that was their answer to to first person shooters, which yeah. we'll get to a little bit later. Very cool. Yeah, Tom is un- unboxing. I'm the just towel. I'm just showing off the towel for it's Tom's folk now. who are watching on YouTube. 
There you go. <laughs> it's white with a green outline with different um, emotions of Tom Nook's face. That's a that's like it's too big to be a hand towel and it's too small to be a body towel. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Tom Nook and Timmy and Tommy. It's really cute. I love Very it. Very cute. <laughs> Maybe you bring it to the hot spring and put it, it on your head. It says Tanuki yeah, Kaihatsu on it. It says what? Tanuki Kaihatsu. Hmm. Oh yeah, I guess that's that's something is a raccoon and a raccoon and a tanuki are two different things. Yes. Tanuki is a raccoon dog. Right. Mm-hmm. The it's a slightly different type of raccoon. Yeah. Do we have official like confirmation on which Tom Nook is? He's a he's a tanuki. He's, he's a tanuki. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Tanukis can turn into stone. That's right. science well, fact. They are <laughs> in Japanese culture, they're tricksters. You see them in mm-hmm. the statues in front of yeah, I um, saw a bunch restaurants of them. and stuff. They yep, yep, and temples. I there's something about them that's inappropriate, but if you look up a statue, like don't be surprised. They have it's the large mm-hmm. talents. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you it's watch the Miyazaki movie yeah, as well, you'll know. The uh, what is it? Uh, the Heisei um, Tanuki Pompoko, whatever. Uh, that uh, Miyazaki anime, Tom, Tom. they fly I, with the help of the Tom, giant talent. Pompoko, uh, yeah. yeah. Pompoko, that's it. <laughs> I've watched right. it, I just don't remember yep, yep. the name. Okay. All right, that's enough on Tanookis. This year I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals, so I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television. The Boston Bruins home opener, I went to watch it and boom, Blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN, and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with, like, Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea, and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN. It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, It's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, Um unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, That link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world 
that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Um, let's just get um, to some news real quick. So first, Janet Garcia's in-depth interview with Pokemon Sword and Shield's producer Junichi Masada and the director Shigeru Omori is up on IGN.com right now. You can read that to learn more about how multiplayer works in the wild area, how long the campaign is, which starter Pokemon they're going with, and a whole lot more. So for more in-depth Pokemon talk, go check that out. Uh, we're not going to talk too much about it here because we're going to be talking about that a lot in the next within the next three weeks. So Nice. Wait. Mm-hmm. And IGN Japan just revealed a secret project by um, Suda51 and Swery65, who is the creator of No More Heroes and Deadly Premonition. And it's going to be a horror game. It should be called 116. This <laughs> <laughs> is the thing I didn't know. Be. I didn't know Swery had a number two. I didn't either. I had yeah. no idea. I knew Suda was 5'1", but I didn't know Swery yeah. had 6'5". Suda's first name is... if you want. Suda's first name is Goichi, and Go right. and Ichi are 5 and 1. Right. Oh. Yeah. Well, so I didn't know that. Joke. The more yeah. you know. <laughs> so the game is supposed to be easy to pick up and play, and they're right, right now they're calling it Hotel Barcelona. And I picked out one... <laughs> I don't... But it might not be in Barcelona. It might be in a bunch of different places. It might be in Tokyo. It might be in South America. Like mm-hmm. We really have no idea. And Suda um, brought up a PS2 game during the interview <laughs> and said that Siren from the PS2 is the inspiration for this game. And in that game, players piece together the narrative by playing from the perspectives of 10 different characters. And his idea of Hotel Barcelona is that you'd see different rooms, each one which represents a different person or a different dimension or a different look at what happens in this period of time. Yo, I'm all about this. Well, we'll see if it ever gets done. Right? That's the Because he also said they've wanted to work together and they would go out drinking and then forget about it because they were too drunk. <laughs> I think I think they said they wanted the creator of Siren to work on it with them as well, mostly because they like drinking with him. Yeah, and they texted him during the interview, and then by the end of the interview, got a text back that just said yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm totally into this. These both of these guys make uh, completely insane video games. Yeah, that don't really usually uh, fall into the sort of traditional compartments where you can put genres in uh, a lot of their games are also sort of like technically underwhelming but really like ambitious and interesting yeah um so that's the, sort of the mark of a lot of sweary's games right is yeah. like really cool concepts that are really like like if you just had a little bit more bigger budget <laughs> and a little more time it would be like just a banger of a game yep. and instead it's just like a really cool idea like that was like the missing the missing was such mm-hmm. a cool concept of a yeah. game and it was really really fun it just had a million rough edges and it's kind of up to you whether you can overlook that or not yeah though. i played De- deadly premonition a bit when it came to switch and i'm, I'm definitely going to keep going it is a, a bizarre bad awful very <laughs> endearing like creative it, clever thing isn't it like, alana's favorite game yes <laughs> yeah. alana pierce who used to work at ign works at funhouse shout out to alana uh is uh she has a tattoo from this game which is it's it's so funny because it's like I didn't know this that. is this is a like Jesus. they a tried and true b movie ass video game like it is mm-hmm. just totally weird and and very bad in many ways but also like has a lot of really cool stuff going for it but i'm totally with you that the merging of these two totally weird and knowing it forces is going to 
if it does produce something, like Paris said, it, it's going to be wacky. It and be I'm, really fun. I'm yeah. very here for it. That's yep. awesome. I'm no, Suit, is, Suit is great. We've worked with him a bunch of times. He's done our show up at noon like five or six times at this point. Um, he's working on No More Heroes 3 right now. That's supposed to still be coming to Switch. So I hope, I hope they can finish that and then they can focus on whatever weird horror nonsense video game this will be but i'm, I'm all for it <laughs> well yeah. they're aiming for it to have an indie budget and they brought up devolver digital as possibly being the publisher that would be the only publisher that would publish this <laughs> <laughs> it sounds right up there out yeah right? no, it sounds yeah, like, like we'll a see. great match but you said you wrote here that devolver said they had not been told about the project yeah but they they invited them to pitch it to them <laughs> <laughs> that's a very devolver thing as well yeah. maybe they did that on purpose like oh if we say that the, they already know about it, and we're yeah. walking with them. They'll be interested in working with us. Oh, That's my dad so totally said I can go to the party. Yeah. Oh, I actually haven't asked him yet. Yeah. Yeah. But now he can't say no, or else yeah. he'll feel bad. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we'll see how that works mm -hmm. out. If you speak some Japanese, look up this uh, live stream on YouTube. The whole thing is uh, posted they, there. They started eating hot dogs with chopsticks, apparently, <laughs> during the stream. It is very strange. I would I'd, try that. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> I'm into it. Are we talking on a bun? Or I don't know. Is it the whole thing, or just... The whole hot dog. Yeah, I don't. I that's this one. There's a lot of missing pieces to this yeah. puzzle. That's Watch all. the stream IG to find out. Japan. Okay, okay. You okay, lived okay. in Japan for a while, Pear. What's like the heaviest food you ever lifted with chopsticks? Oh my god! Like, uh, did you ever get like a whole turkey leg? Uh, prob no, probably like uh, like a manju or something. Like, what's that? Big dumpling. Oh, like a big dumpling. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Sorry. And then you got to bite it. I I didn't think about that. <laughs> That's, that can be your homework for next week. Yep. So. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Try a turkey leg. Also, um, time.com uh, got the ability to interview Shintaro Furukawa, who is the current Nintendo president. And he says that Nintendo has a steadfast commitment to experimentation. And Nintendo is Nintendo because of our games, characters, and IP. So giving our teams the freedom to experiment with new ideas is something I strongly agree with. Expansion can't happen without the freedom to try something new and the courage to step into unfamiliar territory. So he's basically the headline of the article is uh, Shitaro Furukawa is ready to take Nintendo to the next level. Mm -hmm. So if you're interesting, interested in learning more about Nintendo's business strategy, check out that, uh, that it, interview. It was pretty light on anything detailed. Any? Yeah. He, you know, he did say that their mobile strategy is to make money in a way that is comfortable to consumers. Yeah. Um, you know, which. Uh, like, I don't know how I, well that worked with the last release, yeah. but, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I appreciate that they're at least thinking about that not being exploited. If yeah, I'm, I'm actually really fascinated to see uh, numbers on Mario Kart yep. a few months from now. Because mm -hmm. I think and a lot of people played it early on. A lot of people are still playing it. For yeah. The, the yeah. weekly challenges are still very popular. Mm -hmm. people I wonder how many of those people are paying it, though. Hmm. I don't know. We'll have to do a front page poll. Yeah. For example, in the next, and I think... Possibly Thursday, if you're watching this now, we may have a poll up on the front page about how why you choose the Pokemon version you're choosing. Mm. So definitely go do mm. that <laughs> if it's up on the site right now. IGN.com. That's that's, that's the our website. Site. <laughs> that's six whole letters. I don't know. We that's made a lot it. to type. You can and just dot. type in IGN and hit enter. It'll be fine. Right. Yeah. So this next story applies mostly to Japan, but I thought it was interesting because it clarifies some things about well, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. <laughs> It applies to sharp, us, too. Effie Sharp. Effie Sharp. Um, and the official Japanese website says the worldwide Switch release will be a port of the censored North American Wii U version, not the Japanese version. Mm -hmm. So to us, we probably wouldn't have known 
any better regardless. Well, unless you followed all the stories prior to release yes. mm -hmm. or so, import it. Yeah. Exactly. So Nintendo has since apologized for not making the game's contents clear prior to um, pre-sales because apparently on the official website they had used screenshots from the Japanese version, which wasn't censored. And that uh, kind of misrepresented uh, the product. So Japanese fans can get a refund if they prefer, if they have uh, pre-bought it. Yeah, it's interesting because they, I feel like on this one, they, they kind of went a little bit, they went a little far on the changes. Like it, some changes seem so utterly kind of why. Um, because the game is about pop stars yeah. and like outrageous costumes and all that. So if there ever was a Nintendo game to uh, go a little bit farther with the with the outfits and the craziness, it would have been this one. So mm -hmm. I was surprised that they that they went as far as they did with this with the release. And that's not going to be a popular decision in Japan for sure. No. Just wait for 2020's Captain Toad's Drag Race, okay. and then it'll really get into the <laughs> wild costume mm -hmm. era. Thank you, Tom Marks. I'm into it. So of a special interest, uh, Diablo 4 may have been leaked, maybe? There's a maybe. Blizzard ad in a German gaming magazine called GameStar, which referenced Diablo 4, and adds the Art of Diablo book will feature art from Diablo 1, 2, 3, and 4. <laughs> and so this magazine is the no November edition, and BlizzCon is November 1st, so there's some <laughs> speculation saying, well, maybe the magazine wasn't supposed to go live until then, or it could just be a mistake because there is another Diablo game on and maybe or they're trying they to thought. defuse the utterly bad PR bomb that they created over the last few weeks by yeah, something that's I, a little that bit more. I don't think it's that. I, I I mean I honestly think it's more. There's a a company that is creating this art book and they maybe they misnamed the mobile release as Diablo Four. That could be it too. Mm -hmm. I mean, Diablo Immortal. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a weird thing to slip out like this. It's also this is the funniest story to me because GameStar, the website. Mm -hmm reported on the possible leak of the ad in their own magazine. I, I That's bet. really funny. And this is, this yeah. is no shade of GameStar. This is not like this is not on them at all. I'm not saying anything about well, that. It's just like hilarious to me that they then reported on an ad in their own magazine being like, well, you can buy the magazine on this date to find out if it's actually in there. <laughs> like pretty yeah. much. Like it, It's really funny. Point. I mean, IGN itself was part of a print publisher um, in, you know, from 1996 to 1999. So we were part of Imagine Media, the print publisher, and we would see magazines before they were on newsstands. We couldn't say anything about that stuff. You know, they had previews of games that weren't released to, you know, us, us web heathens. Mm -hmm. um, it's really interesting that not only did they report on their unreleased magazine, they reported on an ad that somebody bought in it. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of crazy. Yeah. Um, but this, uh, we should say GameStar, um, the website GameStar.de is uh, run by Webedia, who are our IGN Germany partners. They actually run in Germany. Uh, the interesting thing about this too is when it comes to like a leak is mm -hmm. Diablo 4 as a concept and as a game that's been being made is sort of been the no. worst kept secret yeah. in, for a long time now. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kotaku and Jason Schreier over there has done a bunch of reporting on kind of how it got canceled and changed and reworked right. and has just been in this development cycle for a long time. I think a lot of people are just flat out assuming that after people got so mad at last year's BlizzCon that they're going to probably announce it at yeah. this year's to make amends in some way. For sure. Um, it is, so the idea that this might be a genuine leak is not at all surprising yeah. to mm -hmm. me. The only thing with Diablo is, uh, with Diablo, with Blizzard in general, is that you can never count on 
you know, unlike other companies where you know a new Call of Duty, a new Elder Scrolls is coming, right. with them, you don't know if there's a new StarCraft coming in the next 10 years right, or if right, there's right. a new Warcraft coming. I mean, we haven't had a classic traditional Warcraft with a new number come out in since 4, right? Warcraft 4? War, Warcraft 3. Warcraft 3 since, yeah. since yeah. yeah since, um, we yeah, only had the original re-release. Um so right. who who knows what there's, Diablo? There's reforged coming, but yeah, it's, it's and I never got StarCraft Ghosts either. It's a special. Yeah, it's a spe- well, I don't. I, from the way Blizzard makes it sound, you don't. You didn't want StarCraft Ghosts. Sounds like so, it. I um, still wanted it. And those are my words, I guess. But yeah, it it it's definitely interesting. It's definitely interesting leading into BlizzCon because even if this leak is completely like you said, they just accidentally meant Immortal. It's still. Almost certainly true. Yeah. It's just a matter of time, and whether this has validity is not necessarily a sign of whether we're going to get Diablo Four or not. Yeah, and then the ultimate question for this show is: Will the Switch even be able to run it? Right. Uh, well, that's you know, it feels. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, if yeah. if the Switch can run Overwatch, it seems like Blizzard is well, Blizzard yeah, never pushes your <laughs> your PC like blizzard never does just a high spec no, game no, no, right yeah. they're pretty variable with they scale well with yeah. the success yeah. of diablo 3 on switch i think that they're definitely really thinking about it yeah, I, I think agree. that they would be very i don't think they're foolish enough to just say well we want it to be higher graphics so we're mm-hmm. just gonna skip switch like i don't mm-hmm. think they would do that yeah um but you know overwatch is a game that i've said the stat on this show before that you know, at one point, twenty percent of the people who were playing Overwatch on PC were playing on integrated graphics with no graphics card. They yep. were just playing on a laptop. But it still took a long time to port to Switch. And when it came, you know, we we just gave it a seven point in our Switch review from Simon Cardi, which you can check out on IGN, uh, because it's pretty inconsistent, right? Yep. Like it's got a lot of performance issues. So it's probably something they're gonna have to think hard about yeah. but i think mm-hmm. that they would definitely definitely be shooting themselves in the foot if they skip switch with diablo 4 let's hope we get diablo 4 let's hope we get it on switch yes agreed all right and now on to games out this week hooray yeah first let's talk about monaco the complete edition which Yay! is out on the 21st for 15 dollars. this is a tom, tom game you can tell it's not a racing game <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I love Monaco. This was a game that came out a long time ago on PC called uh, Monaco, What's Yours is Mine, and then the complete edition is just kind of... That's rude. Culmination. Yeah. Well, it's a what game about it? stealing. Do you not know this game? No, I don't know this game. Monaco is one of... I'm just going to say it. Monaco is one of the best co-op party games, like local co-op party games you can get. It is just one of my favorites. Okay. Um, And essentially, it's this top-down heist game everything's very either dark or neon Mm -hmm. um and you it's by i always get it wrong pocket watch games i believe not stopwatch games Mm -hmm. pocket watch uh who also made a game called tooth and tail uh tooth and tail tooth and tail which is a really good rts mini rts game anyway i'm getting off the topic topic monaco is this game where it's a co-op game uh you can play it solo as well where you are these little dudes who have each have an ability and you're basically like bank robbers and you get dropped into a level and it's like okay you've got to get this thing from this room or you have to escape this path but everyone has different abilities so like one person is the cleaner which means if they sneak up behind a guard they can just knock them out in one hit but not everybody can do that my favorite character was a character called the mole where he could just break down essentially any wall in the entire game so while everyone else was sneaking through the like the house and avoiding security cameras you could just dig through the entire building and go around the back so is this like the escapist or something like that style or different it's similar but it is it came before escapists Mm -hmm. i believe um and it's 
it's much more chaotic, actiony, very mm. almost like uh, uh, it's got these almost like ragtime moments of it of just like Benny Hill chaos where like somebody sets off the alarm and suddenly everybody's running and you're just like trying to grab as much stuff as you can and get out to the escape hatch before you all get caught. It always, always, always goes bad, right? Like buy it right now. Yeah, this is this is one of those games where the best laid plans that you come up with are just going to go wrong. And part of the fun of it is being sitting around this is the TV with three other friends and just being like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. And like <laughs> running out the door and avoiding guards. It's, it's really, really, really fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good co-op game. That sounds great. And I'm very, very glad it's coming to switch because it, it can have new life here for sure. Cool. Yeah. I like it. Switching back. I want to get it. And the next game coming out is Skullgirls Second Encore, which comes out on the 22nd for $25. Skullgirls is a uh, 2D fighting game mm-hmm. with a really interesting art style with kind of a cult following mm-hmm. and actually played really well. Have anyone, you guys played Skullgirls? I played the original. I didn't play the yeah. original. I have not yeah. played this one either. I've only mm-hmm. played the original. Yep. I think this is just like a basically a complete edition with a fancy yeah. name. That's what I thought. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a loved, loved game. They also just made Indivisible, which is their newest game, which is an RPG that is coming out on Switch eventually, but not yet. And next is Tinkle Tower out on the 22nd as well for $20. Was this a game you shouted out, Brian? Or I don't think so. I can't remember who it was. This is the game from the new game from the developers of Snipper Clips. Oh. Um, oh, yeah. It, it originally I, I, came out on Apple Arcade. This was on my radar. Yes. Yeah, I totally wanted to see this. So this came out on Apple Arcade from the developers of Snipper Clips. It's like a uh, mystery adventure game, pretty much, where you're in a tower trying to... Uh, classic whodunit, mm-hmm. basically. Nice. Very trying, different game. I'm trying to bring up these videos faster, but there are ads. Well, you're supporting IGN on YouTube. I am. <laughs> well, Watching you, the ads. If you go on IGN, I don't I have can... Prime. Oh Whoa. God. How long have you worked here? <laughs> Two and a half years. Okay. At three years. It takes us Prime. five minutes to turn on a Prime account. You don't get ads. I um, I sometimes like having ads because I can't tell how everyone sees our wikis without there's the a, ads being there's on. There's a button. You can turn them back on. I didn't yeah. think that. I was just like, I'm going to support IGN right. with my sense. But thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for watching our ads. <laughs> Click on them too. Send us money. But next time I'll <laughs> get okay, Prime. Casey? Yeah, no. Okay. I'm just like, like, it wasn't clicking. <laughs> my subliminal just became liminal there, apparently. <laughs> yeah. um, and next we have Ant Hill out on the 24th for $10. I played that. And um, this was made by... Um, Image and form. Yes. Yeah. SteamWorld yeah. Dig yeah, Boys. Steam, SteamWorld. Creators of every every SteamWorld game you've played. This is... Uh, and I then also the, Ant Hill. This is, this this is, is an first, older game, yeah. I believe this is their first game. It is. Um, You can only play it in handheld mode. Touch because screen. Because it is touch screen only. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so... Well, that's because it was a mobile game at first, right? Yeah. And so it's, uh, it's a very sort of... Like simplistic, but also pretty like fun and interesting top-down kind of bug-based RTS, it's, and it's it gets a little Pikmin-y at times because you are essentially sending waves of bugs out to kill enemies, and then other waves of bugs out to drag their carcasses back <laughs> to your an- your anthill. Yeah, and uh, and you get different types of ants, like some you know you have workers that you send to, you know. Go, go get the juice from the little aphids. Yep. It's so gross. What are ants doing? Mm-hmm. Seriously. <laughs> Butt juice. Yeah. Uh, and then you have, um, then you have uh, soldiers. You've got bombardiers. You have all these different ant types. Um, and you can, basically, it's a little bit like tower the defense too, right? Like you draw, their butts. you draw, yes. You draw circles around, um, around your enemies to send your soldiers out and stuff. It's fun. It's cool. Yeah, it's actually like weirdly cathartic. 
to just kind of it's, sit there in, in handheld mode and poke at the screen and draw lines for all the ants to go travel to get the juice. Would you say it makes you feel like an ant? I would not say that, but I think people that run bad jokes into the ground in the comments would. It it makes me feel like an ant hill, though. Yeah. yeah. Too much ants. Yes. So if you want to be another animal, uh, Cat Quest 2 is also coming out this week. Excellent segue. I got super wow. hooked on the first Cat Quest on Switch. I don't know why. It is such a like rudimentary RPG. Yeah. It is like so simple, and it's definitely... Like a casual for kids type of game. It's like but an open world action yeah. RPG. Is it yeah. a co-op game? Uh, I believe you can play co-op. I played it all by myself because I'm a loser. Aww. I loved it. Aww. I had a good time. So I'm actually I'm going to buy this game the second it comes out. Cat Quest. Cat Quest also caught me off guard because when I first played it, because it was it's this game that looks like it'll just be kind of fine, and then you get into it and you're like, this is actually a pretty. This is the Good game, right? Yeah. Like it, catch, it definitely caught me off guard. Mm -hmm. um, and more of it kind of more refined or expanded. I'm not sure what the second one really brings, but it, I'm definitely interested in more of that. Yeah, but, I don't know enough about this game or what it's doing new, but based on You can on play as a dog of, as well. What? What? Yes. You get Here's that. Here's a cat out. and a I'm dog. Out. A dog? Immediate veto. <laughs> Why would I want a dog in Cat Quest? Gosh. Because dogs are, are like thinking? cats just better. No, that's... Opposite. I, I actually, this I, is a whole. This no. is a whole thing we can't get into right now, guys. Mm -hmm. Dogs are. I are you a cat person or a dog person? Our listeners and viewers know. Ambivalent. <gasps> That's no. I think dogs are much better. I don't want them in Cat Quest. Oh, okay. That? All right. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. Fine. Good. I like cats. I don't want any. That is an appropriate opinion. I like cats more because you can leave them at home and go do things with your life. Yes. That's, That's a selfish reason to like an animal. Yes. That's it is not. Yeah. But they're just as happy just for you for when you come home. No, they're not. I like dogs when you they're come happy home because, because they my like cat, the food person is when, back. Whenever, <laughs> so whenever my fiance leaves the house mm -hmm. and I'm still there with my cat, we're hanging out, and yeah. he just gets up and leaves. She will go to the door and cry because he's like, "That's the food person." I feed her Casey too. Casey never gives me. She the does. Right the, stuff. She does the same thing when he's home and I leave. Okay. And then if she thinks she's home alone, what a nice she animal out, makes you feel bad. And then she cries <laughs> and she's like, "Oh no, am I alone? Am I alone?" Until she finds someone, she's like, oh, "Okay." That, that is a good story about your cat specifically. <laughs> yeah. but My cat is a very nice, sweet baby. In general, <laughs> dogs are a, a better animal. Yeah, thank you. I don't know. Colin doesn't doesn't even want pets for me. All he cares about is pair. A Colin minute ago, is very reserved, but Midna loves you. A minute ago, I tried to steer us away from this dark, dark path, and it did not work. Okay. He um, doesn't have a dog in the fight because he has horses. <laughs> <laughs> Those are horses that, that he has somehow convinced his family are dogs. Yeah. They're quite quite large and sleek. Yes. Yeah. We don't we don't use little poop bags. We use shopping bags. Yeah. Those are those are <laughs> no. Those are house ponies. Mm -hmm. House ponies. <laughs> so hey, what are you guys playing other than with your animals at home? So much. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I was playing a, a hat in time mm -hmm. last. I just uh, switched switches again. Yes. So switched I wanted to, my to ask Dragon you Quest about that. Model. So was that a, a, a Japan only? This is a Japan only, and even worse, it was sold out. I sent my poor daughter to every store in Tokyo, and it was always sold out, sold Aww. out. They actually had all these displays for them. The now Disney I understand why your kid went to school in Japan. She didn't go. I sent her. Yeah. Yes. You, now you have a man on the inside. Right. A woman. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the Disney Tsum Tsum one, you can buy that one everywhere. That's a terrible game, by the way. Don't buy that game. No, it's Bad really... What? Are you kidding me? Who Disney Tsum Tsum is who really Who would have dumb. ever guessed? <laughs> but of course... They made a whole switch for it. I figured it'd be good. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. People like the aesthetic of Disney. Maybe yeah. not... Yes. So, sorry, what was your question? Um, well, I was just going to say that, of course, Dragon Quest was sold out because that's probably the most popular game in Japan yeah. is yeah. Dragon Quest. Um, but I was going to ask, how many switches do you have now, Pear? 
Without the kids? Without you the have, kids. You have your Not launch counting switch. counting the kids. Launch switch. Switch light. Switch light. Tsum uh, tsum. Uh-huh. And Dragon Quest. So That's you have four. 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 Only four switches. Wait, wait, only so four. Do you have one that is... You've had to buy all these just because of the Joy-Con That's not true. That I wanted the back plate with the beautiful slimes on it and m- monsters. But I think you mostly wanted the Joy-Con. <laughs> yeah. Because they're a different color. And yeah, that may, you that may be true. A, you don't have and that ability in your brain to yeah. stop. And, no. the, and the Sum Sum one and the, the Dragon Quest one are the longer battery life ones? Yes. Yeah, so I wanted a model with with a longer battery life for travel and so I actually bought two, I like the classic better than the than the light, honestly. I like hmm. the model well they also have Joy-Con that you can switch yeah. and accessorize, you know. I like but, this idea of instead of just using a charger pair just like when a one switch is about to die, he'll just port the saves over to the next one and just take that one what? out of the bag. Mm-hmm. By the way, the multi the multi uh, uh, account system is still really bad. It's awful to be trans- transferring stuff. I don't think you're, the average user has four switches though. That's I think mm. what's stripping you That's maybe true. Mm-hmm. Um, just sorry, back to a hat in time. It's uh, mm-hmm. published by Humble Bundle. It's actually our sister company. Um, I, uh, you know, despite that, I enjoy the game. Uh, the Switch version has some issues. Um, if you have the chance to play the game, it is really a throwback to Super Mario 64, kind of like a, you know, a world-based platform game with different um, different stars to get. Yeah. Really funny writing, really funny characters, some really cool challenges. Not as polished as Mario Around the Edges. The Switch version has some performance issues. It's actually uh, all, like, every version has performance issues with this game. Like, yeah. Frame rate stuff has been... been an issue for pretty much all of them yeah and the, and the switch version has some blurrier textures and it has some bugs so be yep. aware of that i hope they patch some of that stuff out but so far uh, so good i haven't had anything where the game shut down on me uh, but i've seen some people had some issues getting stuck and stuff yeah this is a like a, a pretty competent uh sort of n64 era 3d platformer yeah. if you're looking for one of those and you have ukulele already and you want you want more yeah, um, it's it's uh, this is a, a funny category because a lot of people have been doing this in the last few years. These mm-hmm. these Mario inspired 3D platformers. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I think this is the best of the indie ones. I agree. If that makes yeah. sense, like this is the one that got closest to that feeling for me uh, compared to the rest of the field. But, but I'd say it's. I mean, it's it's better than co- it's better than platformers. You know, of the kind of the non Nintendo on the non Nintendo systems, even from the sixty four bit, thirty two bit era, it's a yeah. it's a really fun game. Yeah. With some really cool ideas, and you you get new hats um, that have different powers. You know, you can you can scooter around, you can run around, jump around. Um, it's uh, it's it's a really fun game, really mm-hmm. enjoyable, cool worlds, and uh, a, a great sense of humor. The mafia guys are amazing. Perry, Very you and I are guy. also playing Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz. That's right. HD. Which is a how angry are you? When uh, does that come out? Uh, in like a week. Yeah, okay. it, this Very is a close. remake of the Nintendo Wii version. The this is seventh a, Monkey Ball game. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is a weird. So I I loved Super Monkey Ball one and two. Uh, the I played that, the GameCube version a lot. Those are the ones. Mm-hmm. Those you played yeah. the great. Those ones. are the best yeah. ones. Those are yeah. the best ones. Um, I feel like that is, that is a franchise that sort of lost the plot a little bit and also mm. got ported to literally everything at some yeah. point. That came to the Game Boy Advance. Uh, it came which had like D pad controls, mm-hmm. which didn't work at all. It came to iOS which then they pulled the version and that had motion controls. It came to DS with touch controls. Yeah, we had the motion yep. controls for tilt. Mm-hmm. The best versions are still the ones that control with a stick. Yeah. 
um, you you know, which you which you can use with this version. Obviously, it stick controls. Never watch anybody play because you'll get motion sick just seeing that thing tilt all over the place. Mm-hmm. But it's the one that uses the jump button pretty liberally. Yeah, and there are a lot of monkey ball purists, and I I think I belong to that group that liked it better when you didn't jump. Me too. I yeah. I think that's like a needless mechanic that they added to an otherwise pretty perfect formula. It, um, and this is a port of that game. And I don't know if this is one of those things <laughs> where they're like testing the waters to see if this does well. Then they'll port. Super Monkey Ball 1 and 2, which is like the really good ones, but it feels like one of those like EA moves where they're like, here's our here's our like third tier thing, and if it doesn't sell well, then obviously people aren't excited for this. So from a value <laughs> perspective, this Monkey Ball had all the mini games, and it had like a ton, mm-hmm. I think like yeah. 50 of them, and there's some really good ones. Like the flying stuff was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, so there's a lot to be had from a balanced perspective. This game is less than perfect. Yeah. Like you'll go from a super easy level to something that's completely hard, bounces you around, has some patented Sonic the Hedgehog mechanics where like you have to die in order to find out that you were going to die at that spot. He's in this game you go now, so, too, by the way. You yep. go so fast that you know you don't see the hole ahead mm-hmm. of you, and so and the whole game is about finishing stuff as quickly and with as many bananas as possible. Yep. So I don't love that. That said, I'm still having fun. Like mm-hmm. it feels like I'm going back to the old GameCube days or the Wii days in this case, and um, it's just one of those games that will make you really, really angry. Yeah, I'm with you. Like the learning curve is kind of all over the place, uh, and the the I think there's major pacing issues. I think the bosses are all pretty bad, but uh, I don't know why this game has bosses. The, the bosses are because you're not you don't have enough control to do the things that they ask you to do, yeah. and so sometimes it's just frustrating. You get hit and you just get bounced out, and it's like a game of chance a little bit. Um, but it, this is the perfect game to play with a friend where you hand off the controller. Mm-hmm. Because, you don't get too frustrated you know, and burnt out. Yeah, like yeah. you drop, you drop, you pass it to somebody mm-hmm. else. Um, so uh, and then the port is really competent. It runs yeah. at sixty. It it looks nice. They upresed everything, and the sound effects are as grating as they were back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Tom, you yeah. and I are both playing some Ring Fit Adventure. So are you, Pear? I am too. I you couldn't too. tell. Yeah, all playing Ring Fit Adventure. So I played. Um, I played Sunday and Monday, and I did some static stretching yesterday. I was a bad boy yesterday, but I played Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, Monday. well, that's I. So on Monday, I did one of my normal sets of an exercise I usually do. And then I was like, oh, I'll do Ring Fit Adventure now instead of like aimlessly yeah. working out. Um, I only survived nine minutes of actual exercise time before I was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> but the way like, they count that is very unfair. Yeah. So it was nine <laughs> minutes of like exercise time, but I was probably playing the game for more like 35, 40 minutes. Yeah. Because yeah. of the warm up. And- um, well, they only, they only count it. When you're actively doing a thing. I see. So when you're like shaking the controller and squeezing to select your moves, none of that is counted. Or like when you're getting into position to do a thing, none of that is counted. Yeah, it's only I, the active time you're even, doing. Even in between your sets. Like right. if, if even when you're, for example, doing the ab block thing, mm-hmm. in between the ab blocks, it's not counting. It's only while you're actively doing it. I yeah. played like the first 35 minutes and it was like, you burned 25 calories. And I was like, that is, that's a chip. That's, but that's right. also that's a potato chip. It's also accurate. Yeah. I know. I, working that's out does not burn also, that many calories. Like running a mile is like, what, like 150? It's almost why it's really. But yeah. that, that's Might as well just not eat the cookie. It's like an interesting <laughs> thing too, though, because those are all estimates. And yes. like, I just, uh, the same day that I got Ring Fit in, I got a Fitbit yep. for the first time mm-hmm. and I was using it there. And my Fitbit rated my heart rate about 
20 beats per minute faster than whatever Ring Fit told me. Yeah. And then similarly, Ring Fit told me at the end of my first workout that I had burned like 100 calories or something mm-hmm. like that. And my Fitbit had said I had burned 400. Okay. So it's, it's, I, I think that there is some there's, middle ground. Like I, don't middle think, ground. I, I don't think one of them is right and the other is wrong necessarily. Right. So I used my Apple Watch. Um, I actually got very similar heart rates with a measurement on this one. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure that you have your thumb on it the right way. Yeah, um, you got to be like the perfect how, pressure level. How freaking clever is that? Yeah, it's the really IR cool. sensor. It's very smart. And it's like the way it's integrated into the wheel, it feels so natural and smart the way they built it. But uh, I got the same heart rate off the watch. Watch, but the watch told me like way more calories as well. Yeah. So I would, in that case, trust the, you know, the our Ring Adventure friend here a little bit more because they probably measured this stuff a little mm-hmm. bit more. Yeah, uh, you know, if, specifically for their workout routine. Yeah, and if you're you're actively trying to do this to lose weight and get more fit, you should probably err on the side of caution. Be like. 400 calories. I can eat a whole extra slice of pizza because that's <laughs> totally what I do. Don't do that. Like. <laughs> Go with a lower number. <laughs> but, yeah. but, I mean, summary, I'm really enjoying it. I'm having it, a lot of fun with it. I think it's really interesting and really unique, and they do it in such a good way, and the tips that they give you while you're doing the exercises are super helpful, and, and they, I, I just really like it a lot. There's been a lot of kind of alternative games like this, even mm-hmm. like the brain training stuff developed yep. by third parties. This one is developed in-house, and it has this weird aesthetic. It kind of reminds me of Disney's Hercules. Like, it doesn't yeah, look like comparison. other Nintendo yeah. games, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's um, but the challenges, the the monsters, the things you do, it's just really fun. They really figured out a way to entertain you while you're working out mm-hmm. and doing some of these things. It actually kind of looks like that upcoming Ubisoft game. Uh, what's it called? Oh yeah, yeah, the God, Gods and Monsters. Yeah, yeah. Gods and Monsters. Hmm. It yeah. Have a similar style. Uh, yeah, I dig it. It's it's it is very distinctly Nintendo, which is mm-hmm. it's reinventing all the stuff that was sitting on the table to begin with and and making it into something brand new. Yeah. We're gonna but, come back on November twentieth and report our results, if okay. any, and how it was playing this consistently for a month. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm just gonna tell everyone ahead of time, don't judge me. <laughs> okay. No, no judgment here. I'm trying to keep it up. It's judgment just like yesterday, you know, walk the dogs yep. and then my wife wants to watch TV. And, you know, with the switch, you can't de-dock it. Right. Yeah, yeah that's a notorious mm-hmm. Too small. I can't see it from far away, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> that is right? a problem. Yeah. I mean, I tried, I tried doing Just Dance with it, not not in the TV, and it's very difficult. Oh, right. So, so poor switch. Is, uh, are you maining a switch light now? Yeah, I'm meaning a Switch Lite. So what do you do with this game? My, I, I play it on my sw- on my regular Switch at home. Oh, I TV. see. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy. So you do have multiple you know, accounts. Well, what it's like to have two Switches instead of four, it's pretty straightforward. You know, yeah. kind of yeah. an idea what happened to your third Switch? You had you had a launch one. Yeah, I traded it in for a Switch Lite. How much did you get for it? They gave me uh, $200. That's crazy. That's awesome. You I should have got a free that. Switch Lite? I mean, not a free Switch Lite because I paid for my regular Switch at some point. I basically spent $100 to have a switch for two and a half years and then also have a switch light. That's so it was like a that's lease. pretty good. It's like a lease. Yeah, it's yeah. like a car lease. <laughs> yeah. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. Hey, I also played uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, which I know you guys talked about while I was out, and that mm-hmm. game is great. It's so good. So funny story about Dragon Quest Eleven. I know you guys have talked about it in depth, especially yeah. when Zach was on the show, because I know he's Zach loves obsessed it. with it. Um, so I put out, if you guys follow me on Twitter, you'll see a pie chart that I put out of... <laughs> all of the 15 hours that I spent playing games while traveling. It's so Casey. Um, a pie chart. I made a pie chart okay. with my data that okay. I got from my nice. family controls. Yep. Um, 
during those 15 hours, I played Dragon Quest XI for about one. And for 13 of those hours, I played Slay the Spire. Of course. <laughs> what was the 15th Are hour? Just, um, just Dance. You played Just Dance on the plane? Um, In my hotel room <laughs> as exercise. Oh, I was going to yeah. say, if you could play Just Dance for an hour on the plane, that is, uh, that's a feat. The whole yeah. plane involved. Yeah. 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 You'd probably not be invited <laughs> back. Let's get moving. Yeah. No, people would be mad. Yeah. Um, I told Nintendo that they need to do a Splatoon DLC for Just Dance. After oh, seeing that concept, that's, that's, a, really see what that's they do. a very good idea. I would love it. I'd be and it's Ubisoft; it. they love working together. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Really quick, mm -hmm. just a point of clarification from last week's episode because I saw somebody tweet about at us about this. Uh, Brendan Graber was on, and he said he was playing a game that he couldn't talk about because of an embargo situation. And I jokingly said, "So Brendan's playing Breath of the Wild too under embargo." That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> There were a couple people that took oh, that no. seriously. Oh. Total goof. Just wanted to put that yeah, out there in case real. anyone was lingering on that. Oh, I know what he's playing. That's not the case. Yeah. He's no. playing a different it's under not, it's, game. Yeah, it's a it's Yeah, don't worry about it. It's look just, at look at the calendar and you can figure out what's coming up. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. uh yeah, it's not rest of the wild too. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. before we move on to the game. I just wanna I just wanna say that I got in the rankings. Over the weekend for one of the daily challenges. Oh, nice! I got number twenty-eight, which is pretty good, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know how many people play Slay the Spire on Switch. Probably not nearly as many as on the PC. But have I felt pretty good about it. Have you slayed the Spire yet? I yeah, multiple many, times. Many I don't times. know if you know this. Casey is insanely good at that game. I've heard she's the best Slay the Spire player in the office, bar like hands down. Wow, <laughs> she is better than anybody else in the office who plays it because she can like. She came in, you came in the week or two after you started playing it yeah. on Switch and had like already beaten the final boss of mm. the game. And the final boss of that game is... Oh, the fourth level. Yeah, is genuinely in, incredibly difficult. And I like I was so amazed and confused. I thought you were like misspeaking. Like I thought you were like, I was like, you mean the third chapter, right? And you were like, no, the, the, one, the, the thing after. And I was like, what? Like what? Because you I, just done it so casually. I love that this is your superpower. Yeah, yeah you're really it's good at slay the spire. And it's like <laughs> knowing really long dinosaur names or yeah, something. As, as we say every time, also published by Humble on. Story. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. I always forget yeah. to put that <laughs> oh, disclaimer. Too. Someone actually responded to one of my tweets like sponsored, uh, made by Humble Bundle, like disclaimer. And I was like, yeah, I always <laughs> forget it. Thanks. Um, were there any other games you guys wanted to talk yes, about? Yes, uh, I'm playing uh, two small games that came out recently that are both really awesome. One is called Stranded Sales, which is a uh, very kind of casual survival game about a group of people who get shipwrecked and hmm. end up on an island and have to kind of rebuild their uh, their campsite and plant trees. It's, it's very much like something that is actively holding me over until Animal Crossing is here. Okay. This, it's scratching that itch for me. Is it a strand game? No, it is not a Strand game. It's not a Hideo Kojima game. Okay. Um, it, I don't think it has any of those elements. It's, from what I've seen, only single player. Um, and it's, uh, it's very cartoony. It reminds me of a game called Lost in Blue. Which came oh, I know to, that game. Yeah, it came to Nintendo DS yeah. ages ago. Um, not nearly as clunky as that game. It's, mm -hmm. it's a lot more polished than that. Um, but yeah, I really dig it. It's very slow-paced, but it's also kind of like uh, it, the the kind of thing where like you do a couple of tasks and your camp gets a little bit better and people get a little happier and you plant some more food and you make some, you cook some food and stuff like that. And when you die in this game, which happens a lot of like exhaustion or hunger, um, you just like kind of respawn in your, in your tent and get back out there. It's not punishing. You keep everything you collected. So it's like pretty forgiving. 
Um, that's not, yeah, I really dig it. The other game authentic. I'm playing. No, uh, yeah, it, it's not. To real life. Yeah, that's good. Uh, the other game I'm playing is called Valfaris. Oh, which, I played that too. Yeah, which is uh, the complete opposite of Stranded Sales because <laughs> yeah. it is a like pretty insane kind of <laughs> gut-wrenching, over-the-top 2D action platforming game. It's like ripped f from the covers of so many heavy metal oh, albums. Oh, God, yeah. Like the it's, way it looks. It's it's very like 70s, 80s heavy metal. Uh, <laughs> it's got a little bit of Contra, a little bit of Doom. Oh, yeah. It's a 2D game. It is a. Uh, I saw Patrick Klepek was tweeting about it too, which is really cool. A bunch of people, I think, are starting to figure out that this is a good thing. Um, check this game out. It's if, if you're looking for like a Contra style game on Switch, um, this one is is very very violent and very nuts. But I really <laughs> dig it. And it's it, yeah, and it definitely. I mean, it's deliberately heavy metal yeah. referencing, like you know, like the the moves of the character. Uh, the way it looks, um, it's kind of like a 16-bit plus game, mm -hmm. right? Like the world is too rich to have been done on a 16-bit console, but it is more pixel arty. Yeah, with just a lot of red yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot yeah. of blood. So go check that out. Mm -hmm. And real quick before we move on, I just know that you guys talked about Return of the Obra Dinn quite a bit last time, right? Yeah, I'm starting it I right now. Started it as You're on well. The show. It is. Hmm? You're working on the show, or you can't. No, play? I said honestly, like <laughs> as we were talking at yeah, the beginning, he started I was starting it. it. Multitasking, yeah, yeah. amazing. It's a powerful. It is switches. the perfect game to play on Halloween with a significant other or a friend or really. You. It yeah, it's good murder mystery. Yeah, okay. it's a murder mystery, and it's the style is really cool, and the music is intense and creepy, but not too scary. If you can't do scary games, it's not that scary. Again, it's just like Tom. Tone. And we knew, and to the surprise of no one, I like it, and I'm having a good time with it because Tom recommended it. Yeah, so. and again, Tom recommended this in our Game of the Year discussions last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We said nominated, everybody should be playing this. We, along with side, uh, shout out to Joe Scrubbles, too, in the UK, yeah. who said this was his Game of the Year last oh, wow. year. We nominated this game for Game of the Year in 2018 alongside Red Dead Redemption 2 and God of War, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is how passionately I feel about yep. it. And uh, thank you to everyone who, I, I kind of evangelized it a lot last week, and thanks to everyone who said that they picked it up and were really enjoying it. So nice. I'm glad to hear that I didn't lead too many people astray mm -hmm. like I usually do. It's <laughs> been a really awesome month for Switch. It yeah. has. It has been Good a games. great month. So now we're on to Question Block, <gasps> a game that we're going to play. But there's a special edition of Question Block um, because we had some NVC fans go to uh, Reggie fils lecture at Cornell. And while there, he um, gave a lecture about, let me see if I can find this. Um, here we go. He gave a lecture on the principles for next generation leaders um, because he actually graduated from a class in from Cornell in the business school. So they invited him back to speak. And we got reports back from uh, Rachel Coleman and Dan Rockwood. So thank you so much for sending us in your passionate reports on this lecture. It was really interesting to read. And uh, Dan said, before the lecture started, he, Reggie walked right by us and spoke with us, thanking us for making the long drive just to see him because they had driven to New York from Boston to go to this lecture. Jeez. He's, yeah, he said he hopes the lecture exceeds our expectation, and I can say without a doubt it did. Without any exaggeration, meeting Reggie, getting my photo taken with him, and having the opportunity to hear him speak was one of the best experiences of my life. Oh, man. We even made some new friends with Cornell students and got together to get a, um, our photo taken with him. Another reminder of how video games can bring people together. 
absolutely worth the 700 mile round trip drive. <laughs> and I wanted to share this experience with all of you, even if it doesn't make it onto the podcast. Well, you guys made it onto the podcast. Yay. Thank you so much for taking such detailed notes and interesting story and sharing it with us. It's very cool. And um, Rachel is a chemistry grad student at Cornell. And she gave us kind of the bullet point list of like what his lecture entailed. And I'll just um, some two kind of important tidbits from the lecture is that uh, um, Nintendo's internal mantra is to create something unique. And um, to and Reggie specifically said to embrace memes as they happen, which is why he embraced the my body is as ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, and that's that's really just real quick. That's really cool to hear when, mm-hmm. when we also just got the quote from Furukawa about yeah. like yeah we want to experiment and mm-hmm. Reggie's saying like yeah we want to make unique they always want to make unique things it's, it's just yep. cool to see that echoed and Dan also said that the hall was 602 seats and it was completely full and the mm-hmm. people kind of ushering people um who wanted to see the lecture in were really surprised by how popular and were confused by how people learned about the lecture not like a bunch of video game websites have been reporting on this so of course people yep. would know about it um, but he was, Reggie was introduced as the Reginator. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, so I won't, I won't say all these details cause we're running kind of short on time, mm-hmm. but, um, his points of the lecture were drive a greater vision, develop individuals and teams, um, intellectual curiosity, which basically always ask everyone why found out how things work and strive to make it better. So you find problems and you solve them, um, have stellar communication, written verbal and nonverbal, Basically, you always have three benefits listed in a memo, so it's well thought out. <laughs> um, they value differences. So basically, just diversity is important. And have courage in decision-making. For example, the decision to have Wii Sports bundled with the Wii was a difficult decision to make, and that Reggie said the higher-ups weren't really comfortable with it, but the making that tough call really paid off for the North yep. American market. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, Reggie did a question block, and here's what they learned. <laughs> His favorite game while at Nintendo is Breath of the Wild. He mains Zelda in Smash, but true Nintendo fans would know he's not good at Smash anyway. <laughs> and someone, of course, asked about Mother 3 while acknowledging great. he was sorry for asking. And Reggie said, I was hoping I could get through a presentation without being asked about it. I love Earthbound, and all I can say is I'm glad I'm not part of that decision anymore. <laughs> that's such a good answer. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, so, that's well, awesome. thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah, guys. that rules. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. It's very cool. Um, do you guys have time for a couple of question block sure. questions? Sure, let's do it. Okay. So Matt from Indianapolis says, thanks for the great Nintendo-inspired entertainment to and from work every day. I am a dad in my mid-30s and proud to be among what I believe is the first generation of parents who grew up gaming from a very young age. I'm thrilled to enrich the lives of my offspring with a joyous hobby. However, I want to play too. My twin six-year-old boys love everything on Switch from Mario Maker, Smash, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, and even Celeste. Needless to say, this leaves me with very little time with the greatest console of this generation, so I have an idea but need help. I'm planning to encourage Santa to bring them each a Switch Lite for Christmas. However, I'm wondering the best way to configure these new Switch Lights under my Nintendo account. My goal is to share the games and or save data that I already have purchased and plan to in the future while protecting them online. Any advice would be helpful. All right. As a 
father of three children, much, much older, one in Japan who is also <laughs> sharing games. Um, well, you have to set up a family account, first of all, where you pay for the annual fee to play Nintendo games online so that everybody can play, play Splatoon. But it means literally everybody can log in from their account that is under your main family account and play online at the same time. So you guys can play together. You know, you can do Salmon Run together in Splatoon with just one account. It also means everybody can download the Super NES games under their account. However, any games that you buy on your account, they can't automatically share on their Switches. What you have to do then is you have to sign on on the other, um, you have to uh, log into your account and create it on the other machines as well, where they would have to log in if you're buying them to switches they would have to log in to play your games specifically and they would have to play under your account which is really stupid that's the limitation do you does this change if you have physical copies of games yeah well if you have physical copies you've got no problem you okay. just plug them in you know everybody can have uh share the same cartridge obviously and switch them back and forth but for buying games you will have to have them log in as your account on their switch uh which means you know they would have to be since these are the these are the the sub switches, they would have to be connected to an internet connection to verify uh, the DRM mm. uh, that you can that they can play these uh, eShop games. Uh, it's doable. It's not that bad. It's you know, uh, it it just means you have to have your account on multiple machines. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And games with limited save files. Yeah, run into some issues. Thanks, Perry. Yep. That's I hope it. that uh, helped you out, Matt, and also your suggestion to start publishing Tom's out this week. It's a really good idea, and we'll start putting that in our article that goes up on IGN.com every Thursday at 3 p.m. So if you want to look back and reference games that we're talking about, check that out. Um, from Kevin Osborne, he says, Hey, NPCers, love the show, especially when you guys make fun of Zach, causing him to look at the camera, <laughs> cock his head to the side a bit, and make that face he does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'd like to get some game recommendations from you guys. My wife only likes playing cooperative games with me. Besides the Overcooked games, what other couch co-op games on Switch would you recommend? Keep getting the thing. Thanks. And I think we New just talked about... Hey, Monaco! And Hat Quest. <laughs> and Snipper Clips. And Snipper Clips. <laughs> and New Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, that um, one, you'll be angry. Yeah. But obviously mm -hmm. Yoshi as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So some Ooh, of the newer games. Kirby? Um, the most recent? The, Kirby. The new Kirby game's fun. Yeah. And Luigi's Mansion is co-op as well. And that, that's, that's coming right. out very soon. Yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff. And then Picross. <laughs> I'm not kidding. The Picross co-op mode is fantastic. Really? No joke. You're both on the same screen, and it just feels really good to like tear nice. through a puzzle and solve it together or make mistakes and go, what did you do? Unless you're the type of person who, yeah, who is very protective with your puzzles and like speeds through them at lightning speed, then then it's just like fighting it's, over It's people. super fun, though. I want like, to shout Picross out S3 is, uh, is the one to get. Uh, yeah. River City Girls. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah that game's oh, yeah. super fun in co-op. Mm -hmm. uh, that just launched recently. It's a side-scrolling beat-em-up from way forward. Um, it's, it's, it's a, that's a really good time. Did we say Towerfall? I haven't uh, Ooh, Towerfall. Towerfall's really Tower, good. Yeah. Towerfall stands, I think, as one of the best uh, local co-op, like uh, competitive co-op games. And it, 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 it has a co-op campaign, too. Yeah, the co the campaign is um, kind of short, but well, it's it's like puzzles almost, right? Mm -hmm. Like the oh no 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 the campaign. I'm sorry. There's also PVE. So yeah, there's mm -hmm. PVE where you can do comp uh, you can do co-op where you're fighting enemies that spawn from a portal. It's like basically wave based. That's mm -hmm. very fun too. Towerfall is another old co-op game that just does not 
it has not gone out of style, has not yeah. lost a step yeah. if in you're, years. If you're into the Marvels, Ultimate Alliance 3. Ultimate Alliance 3 is a great really book. Good, yeah. I, and of course, Diablo. Yeah, Diablo. Yeah. I was about to say, Diablo yeah. 3 is an awesome Diablo one. 3. Um, my wife doesn't play a ton of video games. She's pretty old school when it comes to stuff like that. Like She'll play like old side-scrollers and stuff um, or any modern games that sort of scratch that itch. But uh, she and I got really into Diablo 3 because it's just like you can you can play it on pretty casual difficulty settings and mm-hmm. just like kick butt and yep. upgrade your characters. And the pace is just good for co-op gaming. Yeah. Um, we both really got into Nine Parchments as well, which oh, is yeah. very, very Diablo-like. Similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trine is also good for co-op. Oh, yeah. There are a new lot one of just co-op games out. on Switch, guys. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's a ton. The system made for it yep. pretty yeah. much. And th- you need two Switches for this, but I'm going to recommend it anyway because Divinity Original Sin 2 is a really, really good game. Mm-hmm. And that also has awesome co-op. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. One more question. Okay. From uh, Nikki Danks on our Facebook page. Do you ever lose your passion for gaming? I love gaming, but I go through phases where I might not touch a game for a few months. As your hobby is your profession, do you ever lose your mojo for gaming? Totally. Like, if I may, I think this is something I've spoken about on the show before, but uh, gaming is this really amazing hobby where a lot of people identify buy it right like it, mm-hmm. you embody it and i i love that and i've done that a lot um but just like anything that kind of you you throw yourself into it's totally natural to to lose steam with it to burn out with it and there's always this there's very natural human reaction to that where you start to feel guilty about not liking mm-hmm. the thing that you've defined yourself by as much and then you don't like it, it's this this you know, this feedback loop of like, oh, I feel bad about it, which means I don't want to do it more, which means I feel more bad about it. And then it just goes on and on and on. I'd honestly say just like throw all those, like just try try your best and it's hard, but try your best to just like push those out of your mind because I totally lose steam with games and I'll go by times where I'm like, I really just don't want to play anything. I just want to go home and watch TV instead yeah. for, for weeks at a time. And then I'll come back and I'll, you know, I'll have flips in the same way where it's like, I'm just not enjoying anything. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I have all these games available to me and I want to play something, but just nothing's clicking. That happens a lot. Yeah. What, what, my, the way I rectify that um, is to fall back on like my sort of video game comfort foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I'll go marathon, you know, Mario 64, Link's Awakening, Super Mario, 3D World, you know, Bloodborne. Yeah. Uh, just Wind Waker, stuff that's like, that I know, Resident Evil 4, stuff that I have memorized front mm-hmm. to back that still gives me a sort of like i think i told the story on the show last year but like when my kid was born i was like sleepless and exhausted and i couldn't commit to any video game and you don't feel like you're accomplishing anything because nothing you're doing is really great because you're just like half asleep and yeah. unshaven and you're like i think this is working i'm a new dad i have no idea and uh i plowed through resident Evil 4 on hard mode and just kicked its butt <gasps> and i was like yes Mm. I've accomplished something again. Um, I also try to switch between Switch and, you know, my iPhone and my PS4 and my Xbox One, sort of diversify the platforms I'm playing games on so I don't get too kind of lost in one of them mm-hmm. or get bored by one of them. And also switching genres a lot. Like yeah. sometimes you'll be playing four new games at the same time and not really be in love with any of them. Um, and I think for us it's weird because it's like there's this tendency to sort of feel like you have to play stuff, especially if you're reviewing it. You should, right? Um, but for for me, like I, I do like there'll be a time where I'm playing five Switch games at the same time. I'm not in love with any of them. I'll put it down and maybe I'll play a casual mobile game or I'll play something crazy and hardcore on my PS4. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the key thing for me here is and I've definitely said this on the show before, but like, just don't feel bad about it yeah. and fight this this urge, this part of your brain that makes you feel like 
you need to be part of every conversation and you need to be up on every single game because it's just like not true and it's not realistic for most people and just like play the things you enjoy you know be casual about and still enjoying the hobby listen to nvc even if you're not playing stuff and then just like come back when something sparks you again yeah it's just it's and okay don't, don't make the mistake to just be hoarding because it can be really overwhelming like yeah. mm -hmm. i did this where i you know i just I think I bought like two Assassin's Creed games in a row that I didn't play. Yeah. And like, I'm like, all right, I got to stop. And uh, I actually started skipping some of the new games because the open world, open world games can be very daunting. And then I went back and I played them and really loved them because I kind of created myself a little bit of a gap in the in, in my library and I didn't feel like I was behind, you know, like constantly chasing stuff. Yep. But I had, um, you know, at a time when I was a teenager, I stopped playing games when I was, I think I turned like 16, didn't play games for like three years at all and then got back into it with the, the Super Nintendo, the I Super did the Famicom. same exact thing, yeah. And then uh, nowadays, obviously, it's part of our job, so it's a little bit harder to say no to gaming um, but once in a while, I just, my wife will be gone for a week traveling. And I'm like, every night I'm coming home, I'm like, all right, now I've got the, it's perfect time to play video games. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> like I, I look at, I boot up control. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I was just staring at going like, ah, I'm just going to watch, watch like a trashy Netflix movie mm -hmm. that she would hate uh, instead I, because I just don't feel like the effort is too much. I do that a lot with mm -hmm. my free time. Yep. Like, oh, I'm going to watch a, a trashy movie or TV series that my significant other would really, really hate. There you go. Yeah, and sometimes <laughs> yeah. you bring okay. that. Yeah, yep. and it's it's okay, and it doesn't make you any less of like, doesn't make the hobby any less yours, right? Yep. No yep. one can. What you play and how into it you are at any given moment is just something that means something to you, not I, anything else. Yeah, I, I find like reading about video games, learning about video games is endlessly fascinating, sometimes more so than actually playing them. And I know <laughs> that's like a little sacrilegious, but I mean, this is what we do for a living, right? We I, cover games. I always enjoy games for work. Like, I, yeah. I, I, that's like a different part of my brain for some reason. But yeah, like when I get home sometimes, not always, mm -hmm. I, uh, other times I'll go home and I'll play till midnight, you know, like mm -hmm. it just, yeah. it, it, it's even, phases. Like you even said. when I'm yeah, not playing stuff, like reading, reading about video games is, is so fascinating to me. I love reading about the industry. I love reading about MPD. I love reading about stories and publishers and, and like games and mm -hmm. announcements, that stuff. I will never, I'll never give up on even when there's like a, a few days or even a week or so will go by without I'm maybe playing anything. I, and one of the reasons I love the Switch so much is that it fills some of the gaps in. Like when I'm at home, there's my family, there are my dogs, there, you know, I can cook, we can can make music, all this stuff at home that's always distracting and that's competing movies mm -hmm. as well, competing with, with video games. When I'm on an airplane flying to another yeah. country or to New York, New York, I have hours where I could watch a movie or TV show in its worst possible format. Yeah. You know, F with scenes edited out, bad like widescreen destroyed, bad sound, all of that, I I don't want to do that usually, and so the switch is just perfect. Mm -hmm. It's like it I'm looks totally great, sounds great, and it fills those gaps. Yeah, yeah, totally with you. So it'll pull me back in. Yeah, I have also. I mean, same. Sometimes I get apathetic, but I think you can say that about literally anything that you do in your life. Yep. Like you can really enjoy cooking and just be like, I don't feel like cooking today. But, you know, when you have the time and you're not stressed, it's really fun. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes you've got to order burritos. Yeah. Or just, like, eat chips or go to the front store and get a burrito. Um, That's not what Ring Fit told me. <laughs> exactly. Ring, Ring Fit to eat a, a healthy, balanced diet. With fiber. Yes. Also, I, I learned, they, they, tell, they tell you the, the, the weirdest facts. Like, the... Um, ingredient that makes garlic smell that way is this chemical Allison, called why, Allison. why did it do it's like why 
Why does that matter? Allison's really good for you. I, isn't it also in skunk pee? I don't know. I guess we that. all got to start drinking skunk pee. You heard it here first from Ring Fit Adventure. Thank you so much Maybe for listening to NBC. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm Casey DeVritis and um, Tom Marks, where can they find you? Hi, uh, at Tom R. Marks on Twitter. And like, I didn't add my my Twitter handle, but that's Shiny KCD. Pear, where can they find you? Pear IGN. And Brian? I'm at at underscore skunk P. <laughs> that's a lie. That's not his name. Agent Bizzle. Yeah. But look that's where you can find Brian. I'm Maybe sorry he'll for, change for it outing you. Live. <laughs> you have to do it. Yeah, it's fine. So anyway, you can listen. The skunk P. You can listen or watch NBC on your favorite podcasting platform, including YouTube.com, IGN.com, Spotify, Apple, all over the place every Thursday at 3 p.m. And remember, this is the only place you can get, get the, thing. the thing. Google Play IGN. What? Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.